I'd like to welcome you to today's meeting of the Public Accounts Committee. Members, mobile phones must be set to airplane mode or turned off. It is not sufficient to put mobiles on silent mode as they continue to interfere with the assembly recording. This session is being recorded in video and audio and can be accessed via online streaming either on Assembly website or Democracy Live. Broadcasting, can you bring Mr Bingham into the meeting, please? Okay, good afternoon, Kyle. Can you hear us okay? Uh, thank you, yes, sir. Okay, and we'll ask Mr Donnelly, the Comptroller and Auditor General, to join us as well at this stage. Okay, members, then we're in public session, as I've said. Uh, agenda item one is apologies. Have we any apologies? No? Okay, thank you. The minutes of our last meeting on the 21st of January 2021 are your pack, pages 5 to 10. Uh, any members, any issues? Are members content that I sign these as being accurate? Agreed? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Agenda item three then is declaration of members' interests. At each meeting, members are required to register relevant financial and other interests of mem on members' interests. Does any member have any interest that wish to declare this afternoon, Mr. Beggs? Uh, Governor of Rodden Clare School. Special Care School. Governor Clare School. Okay, any others? I declare an interest as a governor at Edinburgh Primary School in North Belfast and Girls Model uh, Secondary. Okay. Agenda item four then, uh, matters arising. Members refer to your paper in your table pack, uh, page four, actions for committees to discuss in order to minimise face-to-face interaction, reduce risk at committee meetings. Further to our discussions last week on how we conduct meetings to adhere to COVID-19 regulations, guidance has been issued to chairpersons. <coughs> and, uh, Last week we agreed at last week's meeting that the Public Accounts Committee would hold hybrid meetings in light of guidance. Uh, however, I would like members' views on other points in the guidance. So if you just bear with me, um, I'll read out the latest um, uh, information that has been sent out to chairs of committees and clerks. Committees should consider holding virtual, fully virtual committee meetings rather than uh, fully in-person or hybrid meetings, some members via attending Starleaf or uh, others in person. This eliminates the risk to members and staff and witnesses. Where fully virtual meetings are not deemed appropriate, individual members should consider if necessary for them to attend meetings in person. Where possible, members should attend via Starleaf. This will minimise the number of persons who attend in person, minimise interaction and therefore reduce risk. As with members' attendance, uh, where it is not necessary for witnesses to attend in person, they should attend via Starleaf. The number of witnesses per meeting should be kept to a minimum. To assist with this, committees should consider taking written rather than oral briefings. This would also help um, reduce the length of committee meetings. 
where committees hold hybrid meetings, a combination of members attending by a star leaf and in person, introductory remarks should be no longer than 10 minutes. Uh, where in a group uh, of witnesses attend and presenting as a group on the same the total speaking time for introductory remarks should not exceed 10 minutes. The Chair should robustly enforce the time limits on each item. Um, committees should review their work programmes with a view to rescheduling non-essential items to a later date or, as noted above, take uh, written uh, briefings where oral briefings have been scheduled where appropriate. This may lead to uh, uh, appropriate in terms of committee stage of bills. That doesn't really apply and doesn't apply to this committee. Committees should not uh, undertake any external visits uh, until further further notice. This will be reviewed by the Chair's Liaison Group at the regular meetings. So, <coughs> obviously, uh, I know that some members weren't here last week, but we took a position that we would, we would, um, uh, because of the work that we do and the, the, the fact that our work is um, constantly working on reports that, uh, uh, and inquiries, that we would um, allow members to attend via Sterling and if members wanted to come as well. Uh, so, our members contended that uh, what we agreed with last week, which uh, this, and we're simply reading this because this came subsequent to last week. But we'll say that as when I chaired the chair's liaison, they, they were very clear. The assembly authorities were very clear that one or two meetings, meeting virtually, would help them. I understand it's not. That's now the case. And as I said last week, not all members can attend because of technological reasons, and some members are disabled. So um, I, I am absolutely uh, um, sympathetic to those views. Members content? Right. Okay. Just confirm what you just said, Chair, about some meetings will can happen virtually. Does that mean that some assembly committees have agreed that they can do all virtual meetings? Yeah. Okay. For example, I said an education committee it met entirely virtually uh, yesterday morning. Yeah, I think that there those subject-specific committees definitely have a. It is easier to conduct that business on an all virtual basis, and there is, for example, we're discussing today a report yes. that will involve. Not to, uh, a measure, even of debate at times over. That's right, that's right, and that's why we that's why we took what I think was the sensible position. And I also would, it's also my view that this committee, a very important part of the work of this committee, is oral briefings, uh, uh, and because obviously, Mr. Donnelly's work is an oral briefing each each time he comes, as well. So, as I say, those those flexibilities were built into the decision that the committee took last week. Okay, so <clears throat> one of the things that we want to discuss then is on time limits, dealing with essential business, number of witnesses receiving written briefings uh, instead of orals. Um, I think we need to have uh, orals, as I've said. On time limits, um, our meetings in the last number of weeks haven't been too bad, but there have been meeting times that we've been here at 7 o'clock uh, because that has been valuable work. That's something which, um, because of COVID, I don't think will be allowed to happen. So we need to just simply play it by year and work and work alongside those guidelines. And common sense in all of these things needs to apply. In terms of um, essential business, um, obviously we again we need to keep that under review. Uh, for example, um, we have been discussing for some time the potential of Mr. Pengeli to come to this this um, meeting, um, and obviously the pressures that Mr. Pengeli is under at the moment. Uh, and, and, and over the last year, really, um, have not meant that uh, the committee has taken a very sensible, again, a sensible approach to that. Um, and of course, in terms of visits, we do not plan at this stage to have any visits outside the building. So, members content? Okay. 
<coughs> agenda item five then uh, is correspondence, and at pages thirteen to one hundred and forty of your pack, I refer to correspondence from the twentieth of January, twenty twenty one, at pages thirteen to one hundred and thirty one. In your pack from Tracy Maharg, the accounting officer of DFC regarding blue light regulations around Casement Park, the information Ms Maharg has provided is a detailed breakdown of the information regarding planning process to date, uh, and it's over 120 pages. The committee has requested a copy of the uh, UCGAA, uh, I think that's Ulster Council of GA uh, Traffic Management Plan. However, Ms Maharg is not in possession of this document, as the uh, GA have confirmed the traffic plan is not yet required. It will be finalised in the future as part of the obligation stipulated in the final planning conditions of the planning permission. Ms Maharg has provided the committee with a synopsis of the Safety Technical Group STG decision and the PSNI Statutory Committee response to Casement Park planning application in relation to Casement Park Stadium design and spectator safety. She is content to answer any further questions. Given the pressure on time today, um, could I suggest that we defer that until next week? Are members content? Okay, thank you. Okay, members, um, I said uh, essentially then uh, refer to correspondence dated the 21st of January uh, 2021 at pages 132 to 133 in your pack from Sarah Long, Education Authority, regarding the current HR investigation. Ms Long states that uh, Patricia Carville will be writing to the committee on this matter. Um, linked to this, I refer to correspondence dated the 21st of January 2021 at pages 134 of your pack from Patricia Carville, OV, OBE, uh, Chairman of the Interim Staffing uh, Committee regarding the EA EHR ongoing investigations. <coughs> Members, any comments or questions? Well, can I just say... Um, we have now sent a number of pieces of correspondence to the EA, and we have been unable to get a timeline, uh, which I don't think is good enough. So, I, can I, when members are in agreement, um, can I suggest that we write to Miss Carville, asking her now, since she's heading us up, to give us an indicative timeline of when this piece of work will be concluded? Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Thank you. Right. I refer to correspondence dated the 22nd of January 2021 at pages 135 to 138 of your pack from Katrina Godfrey, the Accounting Officer and Permanent Secretary of the Department of Finance, um, sorry, Department of Infrastructure, uh, confirming her attendance on the 18th of February 2021 for the evidence session on inquiry into the Driver and Vehicle Agency 2019-2020. Are you content to note? No. Um, Members, I refer to correspondence dated the 25th of January 2021 on pages 139 to 142 in your pack from the Construction Employers Federation regarding its submission to the Committee of Finance on the draft budget for 2021-22. Members, any comments or members content to note? Great. Then, I refer to correspondence dated the 26th of January 2021 from Sue Gray, the County Officer, Permanent Secretary, Department of Finance, in your table pack. At pages six to ten, regarding the uh, terms of reference of the procurement board, <clears throat> the committee had requested this information in their letter of the eighth of December, following the announcement by the finance minister in December, in his ministerial statement of the assembly on these private sector appointments. Has any member any comments or the wish to make around that? Content. Okay. Thank you, members. We will remain in.
open session. And we are now at agenda item six, ministerial direction, a pilot scheme to address period poverty in schools at pages 11 to 22 in your table pack. Uh, Delighted this afternoon to um, welcome Mr. Kieran Donnelly, CB, the Comptroller and Auditor General, uh, to the meeting who will be joined by Mr. Kyle Bingham, Assembly Sport Officer, who is joining us remotely. Um, I refer you to correspondence, Mr. Donnelly, dated uh, the to Mr. Donnelly, dated the 13th of January 2021, in your table pack, pages 11 to 22, from Alison Chambers, Director. Department of Education, that the Minister of Education, with the approval of Northern Ireland Executive, has provided a direction uh, to the Acting Permanent Secretary of the Department of Education to implement a pilot scheme to address period poverty in schools. I refer to your table pack, uh, pages 12 to 16, which sets out the background of the SPEN. The officials in DE have prepared options for ministerial consideration regarding the provision of free sanitary products in schools in April 2020. Uh, which uh, included details of schemes that are in place in the rest of the United Kingdom. The Minister of Education requested that options be developed in detail for his consideration. Also in papers, uh, the papers are the relevant correspondence which underpins the decision to proceed with the delivery of the pilot scheme. And so at page 17 of your pack, uh, Annex A, 6th of January, submission from the Acting Permanent Secretary of the Department of Education, read the scheme to address period poverty in schools and at page 18 of your pack, Annex B, Ministerial Direction, issued by Minister Peter Weir. <coughs> um, Mr Donnelly, uh, good afternoon. Mr Bingham, good afternoon. Can you brief the committee on uh, closed session if uh, if you're happy enough to do so? Uh, yeah, an open session, you mean? Yeah. Or open? Yeah, open? No, yeah. it does say closed here, but anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Please. Uh, yeah. Um, there's probably a couple of unusual features of this direction uh, I haven't encountered before. Uh, it's actually the reference to the Department of Finance supply. So the business case went to supply, and they said, well, if you're going ahead with this, you should seek a direction. Not really their call to seek a direction. So it's a bit unusual. And the second thing is, uh, this is a pilot scheme, uh, and a pilot is a safe space to do new yeah. things. Uh, so I'm a little bit puzzled as to why directions needed on this, mm -hmm. to be honest. That was exactly the question I was going to ask you. You stole my thunder. <laughs> Anyone else any questions? Yeah, I do. Thank you, Chair. Um, thanks, Karen. Is it normal for... Is normal practice that um, they wouldn't seek a direction if something is explicitly a pilot program? I'm there, trying to think. Pilot program is yeah. limited risk to the public purse if it's a. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of precedent here. There may be some in the distant past, but um, in, in my book, uh, a pilot's a safe space to try new things. So, uh, uh, and departments need that sort of safe space so uh, th there seems to be a little bit of risk aversion in this well, just being over careful yeah do we think uh, because of yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm not going to be writing a report on it and yeah. i don't think you would either uh, and uh, yeah so uh, how would you put it uh, you might define it more as a, as a technical direction uh, yes, it's important to business cases, but uh, there's certain things in life, like maybe trying out a new policy, that you can't put numbers and everything. It's just common sense good policy. Yes. So, uh, 
I just thought I'd register those points. Um, okay. okay. Chair. Mr. Harvey. Was there a pilot scheme run out anywhere else? Uh, all we know is uh, there's been something running across the water, so it's not that this is, uh, is unique. Uh, so uh, it's been uh, it's been tried out elsewhere. Uh, now I can look further into it, but uh, we want. No, I think everybody's content enough. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Content. Yep. Yeah. Great. Who's joining us remotely? Content. Because I can't see you at the moment. You all content, members? Can't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, members. We will move into closed session for further. Discussion on the report into capacity and capability in the Northern Ireland Civil Service. Okay. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Senate Chamber.